Hey friends, and welcome back to The Sandwich, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. As you guys know, though, it is not always me making solo episodes. I have had the privilege of having some amazing guests on the show, and this summer, I want to revisit some of those episodes, because let me be honest with you, they're kind of awesome, and I know that there are many new listeners here on The Sandwich, and I don't want you to miss out on them. Because if you're like me, I don't always go back to the start of a podcast. I love listening to what's new and current. And so in effort to actually have somewhat of a summer vacation this season, I'm going to be revisiting some of my older episodes and sharing them with you. This will allow you to hear them and allow me to take a little break. I hope you don't mind. The first episode is with Sarah, the bird's papaya. This was actually my first collaboration on my podcast with someone other than my awesome husband, Dean. I also have this funny feeling it may have been her first guest appearance on a podcast. So I'm just saying, I know some talent when I see it. That said, she had her platform up and rolling long before I ever showed up in her life. However, this episode, we're going to be discussing her start online, her weight loss journey, her thoughts on social media and her role in it, as well as motherhood, blended family life, and what she learned from nearly losing everything when her Instagram account was deleted. Have you been following her long enough to remember that whole situation? It was wild. Since then, I've had the pleasure of actually going on a trip with Sarah, spending some time with her in Texas, lots of laughs, fun memories. She's a hoot. She's a wonderful woman. Her platform is a very welcoming place. I love her confidence and the journey that she's sharing with her viewers. And I'm so grateful that she popped over onto my podcast. And P.S., since this episode, she has launched her own podcast called The Papaya Podcast. I will leave all of the links below. I love that she started it, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Next week, I'll be back with a brand new episode. I thank you so much for your support, and I'll catch you in the next one. All right, let's jump into this episode. Did you guys hear the news that uh, I sold my house, bought a new house, and moved all in the span of like three weeks? Maybe four, if I'm being generous. It's been a journey. We are now settling into our new home, and all of this process has been documented on YouTube. So if you head to my channel, youtube.com forward slash Amanda Muse, you will find many videos, but also a playlist from the first video all the way to the current one, from the feelings and emotions around selling your home, the excitement of buying a new one, the reality of all the work that needs to be done in the new home, and everything in between. Head over to youtube.com forward slash Amanda Muse and subscribe. I show up twice a week, just extra content for you guys. I hope you enjoy it. Back to the show. Today, I'm very excited because I have a special guest. You can't see her beautiful face, but I'm staring at it. And it's Sarah. Hello. Hey. So Sarah has an amazing Instagram account. You likely know her as the bird's papaya. There was a hot minute there. It was like Sarah, 
ever it, it's quiet. It, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Too soon, girl. Too soon. <laughs> We're going to get into that. Um, but Sarah is such a bright, positive light on the internet. And when I found her, I was like, first of all, we need to be friends. And then we met and I was like, oh my God, she's an extrovert. Like you don't need extroverts yeah. in this space. And we're going to talk about what you create on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You are actually an Instagrammer, but you work full time. Yeah, I do. I'm one of the rare ones that still has their foot in both worlds. Mm -hmm. And a mom of three. Yeah, yeah that too. <laughs> and you're getting married. In and I'm getting married and I'm in the midst of selling my house. So just a little yeah, bit of stuff. Yeah, just a little bit of stuff going on. And yet cool. you are still able to inspire people and share a positive message on the internet. And so we're going to talk about all sorts of things. Um, and if you're coming over from Sarah's little place on the internet, I think you might be able to learn something new from from me about her today. So <laughs> let's jump into it. Cole's notes, uh, Sarah's Instagram account was deleted. By, what? by me. Right. <laughs> it was deleted by me. How many subscribe or how many followers did you have? Um, at the time I had, I think it was 70,000. It was, it was just at 70,000. I just hit that, just celebrated that. And yeah, and in efforts to clean up my account, I had some, I had jokingly made a, a secondary account mm -hmm. for Shane called the Beards Papaya. I thought it was so funny, was but he wasn't actually. using it and I didn't want people to get confused. So I decided to delete it and in the process deleted my own yeah. through, a, through a bit of a glitch. So part oh. me, part glitch, but painful, it was painful all around. And so we're going to get to that, but before yeah. we even get to that, cause I mean, that many followers on Instagram is no small feat. Yeah. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. And how long have you been at it now? Uh, just over five years of like intentionality, I think on it. Um, I, I don't know in total, but between five and six years. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long time. Long time. Long time. And so I kind of want to go back to the beginning a little bit because mm -hmm. what I like to do on the sandwich is like talk about stuff, but we're not in a rush. We can take our time. And I'm curious to know who you were 10 years ago or roughly, you know, because maybe something, if you're new, there's a little beta running I'm around. I'm so sorry. Don't yeah, even worry about it. Little tippy taps. For, forgivable for, for babies. Um, but your messaging, before we even jump into this, because yeah. I'm assuming that everybody knows who you are, um, but what is it that you share in a nutshell and maybe give us a little bit about who you are? It's kind of funny because I, I don't think I've ever 100% figured out my messaging per se. It's almost been like an online journal of my life coming through a lot of life change, just a lot of uprooting and changing of things, creating new healthy habits. And I think that that's constantly something that you evolve with. And I've shared about that along the way. Um, but yeah, it, my Instagram originally just started as a side branch of a very old DIY blog and an online Etsy jewelry account that I had. What? So it was like my little side brand that I had and it just, it became something much, much bigger. Oh yeah. And did you mention the weight loss? Oh yeah. Adventure? So that, yeah. well, yeah. So I did lose a hundred pounds and that was kind of what catapulted my Instagram to be something, I guess, of inspiration. At the beginning, it was just a lot of just like my blogger friends and people that I'd met from having a DIY blog. And when Instagram came out and we were all very excited that there was these things called filters that we could put on photos. <laughs> And it's actually funny because I've always left those photos up. Like if you scroll all the way back, it's the most mortifying thing Do they thing get ever. like the dark, the, the dark, dark like, edges? Blue. Like why were we so into that one? Like the vignettes. Oh, yeah. And, I don't know if you were saying that word right. But like all, like it was just so mm -hmm. weird looking, but they're still all there. So if anybody has like a lot of time on their hands, feel free to go back. I'm not lying about that. But I, um, I was just 
I had been living away from home and I just moved home to my hometown and through that process kind of lost my um, anonymous life living in a different city and came home, had my three kids as a stay-at-home mom and, you know, I started realizing that I was a lot more unhealthy than I think I wanted to realize and there was a picture posted of me on Facebook that was kind of like the third catapult. I've talked about like the three different catapults and the the first one was that I, yeah, like I lost my anonymousness. What is that word? Anonymity? Yes. Oh, and, and it's like. I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. That word. I lost it. I was running into people from high school. It was okay. So, so you moved to like a bigger city and came back. Is that so, kind of what yeah? Happened? I I left my ex. My husband at the time was working in Ottawa. So we moved away for four years. That's where my son Bowden was born, and then we came back. So I went from being four years of total lone ranger, where social media was pretty much my only connecting piece to friends and family. My blog was like my outlet, and then I came home and I. I was now surrounded by people that knew me and I and I guess a lot of that shame was kind of introduced into my life again for the first time. And because you came back as a single mom kind no, of thing? Or you came back together? I came back together. Yeah. Isn't that okay. funny? But maybe what people don't know, especially if you're not from Canada, is yeah. Ottawa is kind of like far removed from everything. It is. It's six hours away from mm -hmm. here where I am now. And so there, it was very removed. I was very mm. isolated in that time. Um, I was married for a total of 11 years. So it was a good chunk of like the end, uh, endish chapters, I think of our marriage was being in Ottawa and then coming back. And so how old were you when you got married? I was 19. I was going to say, you are not old. So when you when you say like you were married for 11 years, I'm yeah, like, Yeah, no, that sounds crazy. No, I was married for 11 years. So to kind of, this is how crazy it was. I got married at 19. Well, I got engaged at 18, married at 19, pregnant by 20, baby at 21, pregnant at mm. 22, baby 23, pregnant at 24, baby at 25. Oh my God. So all of that happened, then moved home. Now with being 100, or sorry, 225 pounds, which was not... I, you hear that and you think, oh, it's from babies. But actually, I was well over 200 pounds my entire adult life. Like, even okay. right from my wedding on, like, I always remember, I think for my wedding, I got down to, like, 190. I'd been overweight since I was 12, essentially. Okay. So, um, yeah, I moved home. And, and so that was my first one, is this kind of noting that, that shame, that not wanting to really leave the house. And then the next one was that I wasn't really wanting to participate in things with my kids. I didn't want to go swimming. I didn't want to go to the park. I was just very, very uncomfortable. And I, and I recognized that and I saw them kind of be sad about that. And, and it, and it hit me. And the third and probably the biggest one, which is such like a, it sounds so shallow, but somebody posted this photo of me on Facebook and it just was like this massive wake up call. And I had no money. I was stay at home mom. We had one car. I didn't have exercise clothes or any means to do anything, but I was just a lot of determination to, to try and to not have to have it all figured out. And, mm -hmm. and so I just kind of started this process of paying attention and committing to exercise. And I think it was the first time I was like, oh, there's a lot more. You can't just like diet your way out of something and you can't just like run away, like run all the time either. There was like this combination of how can I feed and fuel my body? But so it was only through people noticing on social media that I had lost weight that 
triggered me to start sharing it a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So Instagram was more of this hobby. You weren't like, yeah. I'm losing weight. I'm going to share this. It was no. like, this is your lifestyle. Yeah. And then people were like, oh, hold on, girl. Like, how did you do What's that? What's happening? Yeah. yeah. Like, so I think the first time anybody even said boo to me, I had lost like 30, 40 pounds. I think one of the first posts I'd ever had, I'd lost 40 pounds. And, and it also became this space where suddenly it wasn't just other bloggers. I was finding, I was finding like inspirational women online, other people who I felt were, I was connecting with that were also struggling to lose weight and all these things. So I was finding my community there, which was so cool. So this would have been what year? Like this would have been five years, five years so ago, 2013, almost. So 2013, I guess. Which yeah. I feel like was a time where people were really starting to recognize like what is going on in social media. Yes. Like they're coming back. Yes. Right. And they're like, why, why am I here again? Like I, yeah. I, this person is becoming like a, someone important to me and I care yes. about what their journey is. And, yeah. and then you start caring in return as the creator. I right? think so. And I think it took it away from being those kind of curated blog posts where you got maybe one a week from somebody that you loved into like their daily life. Right. So it was this it, you know, you think, do you think of Instagram stories now, like back at the beginning of Instagram, it felt like it was that engaged. Like you went from having nothing to a high level of engagement with these people at the time we didn't realize were our influencers. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I had one who was this workout mom in Toronto and I really connected with her story a lot. She was a mom of three as well. She's known as bikini body mommy. And I remember, and it's so funny whenever somebody writes me an email now, I always remember the moment that I wrote her one. And I wrote her this email and I sent her a picture and I said, like, this is what you did for me because you offered these at home workouts that I found on YouTube. And like, here's like what's happened. Like my body's actually really changing and like, thank you for what you do. Right. And, um, she shared my photo and, and it just like, that was the first time that I was like, Oh, whoa. And people started following me and kind of connecting the two of us together. And we kind of grew in this friendship. And uh, throughout my weight loss, that that maintained, and even to this day. So, you know, that was my first taste of that collaboration vibe, that like, holy... Like you're, in, you're like not that. like this island. I wasn't, Figuring yeah. this out by yourself. For it's like, sure. Oh, and I know what you mean about yeah. when you first reach out to a person. <laughs> I have a person like that on YouTube. Yeah. I was sitting at my table in Malaysia, and this girl, who's at like over a million subscribers now on YouTube, mm -hmm. had like 30,000 or 70,000. Oh and I was like, hi, I'm an expat too. And when she replied, it was like, oh, you're real. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, you're a real person kind of figuring this out as you go. And it also makes it almost seem like attainable. Like it's a possibility yes. that this could be a path. It humanizes and, and removes the walls, I think, of social media. And I've always, I think because I've been on that side of it, have always had that in the back of my head that, you know, when people write you and sometimes they, they write these very long messages, I'm just incredibly grateful that they felt that connection enough to write something that, that to me says I'm doing something right that I'm putting myself out there in a way that people view me as a friend and not somebody who's behind some huge barrier. That's not the case all the time, but when it is, it's, it's, it's something I really, you know, take note of. So I find like there's two words. It's this aspirational thing versus inspirational. And I never want people to be, to want to be me or be yes. living my life. Like yeah. I want to encourage you. And I think that's what I really resonated with you yeah. is was like, Oh, she's doing that too. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, yeah. this is, this is my kind of person where you recognize that you're actually gaining from the engagement and from the involvement and you get from your audience as much as almost probably as much as they get from you. I think they were my entire driving factor through my weight loss. You know, I didn't, I didn't rely on them to make me feel good about myself. I, I was almost like, if I'm going to do this, I'm almost 
answering to this now. It was this weird accountability level oh, yeah. where I felt that I, I wanted to prove that it could be done and that you didn't have to have all the money and you did, you could work out on your bedroom floor and you could be healthy and you could learn and you could be someone with zero experience who never went to the gym a day in their life and you could still do this. And at the end of the day, I did. I lost a hundred pounds in it and it was, it was crazy. And there was a couple, I think the biggest one would probably be Daily Mail. One day wrote me, actually a, a random journalist just wrote me and asked me some questions. And that's when Instagram really kind of hit the tipping point for me where it went from this, you know, probably a, a strong steady growth to, oh, wow, that just went 5,000 new followers in an hour. And it was just, oh my it, God. Felt, it felt insane. Looking back, that was probably... <laughs> two years ago now. And I think I hit like 10,000 followers at the time. And it was, it was very cool. So Absolutely. it's a milestone. It's a milestone. And it's incredible to yeah. accomplish that. I remember when I first found you, you had the lilac hair for the lavender oh, hair. Oh yeah. I was like, this is a girl with purple hair is so pretty. And I even talk about now, I'm like, I should dye my hair purple. I, I always talk about purple. I, I planned on going back to it too. And so I actually stripped back to blonde just to, in preparation for the wedding. Cause I was like, I want the perfect purple. And I had been living blonde for so long that I was like, mm, I don't know. Like, is that I, even I can't even imagine anymore? you purple it's anymore. It's so weird. It's so weird because it felt like that was such a huge part of my identity that I was like, people aren't even going to know who I am if I don't have purple hair. Right. But, you know, you come away On from it. On brand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I think what's nice is that you get to choose what that brand is and you get 100%, to like- And I've learned that. Move around within it. And I find like, I find Insta stories is a very unique thing in that it- I really resonate with video. Yes. I like to hear people talking. I like to see their mannerisms. Yeah. I like to see the silly things that people do. And I think when, it must have been when you started making videos, I was like, oh, this girl's like my buddy. Like I, I can know. like connect with her. And I, Yeah. And I think there's a lot because, you know, when you look at somebody's feed, it, it often is curated. And mm. I'm sorry, I love a good pretty picture. That's like my jam. I love a good feed. Um, but there's no texture to it. And oftentimes I am talking about something serious or something that's really hit my heart. I don't just like throw up jokes. Right. But in real life, I'm a lot sillier and a lot more outgoing. And I think that it's kind of created that backbone texture for people to really get to know who I am behind the heart of a lot of my posts. Yes, there's a lot of things going on and we're going to talk about some deep stuff, but I'm still like a regular person and oh, yeah. I, I'm kind of just love like, people and human connection is like my favorite thing ever. So, and it, it shows like, it shows that you are yourself in the videos. And yeah. I, I've always thought like people can put up a front and put on, you know, a filter and oh, have yeah. their Phoebe so damn perfect. But you know, when you see someone in a video in real life over time, you cannot hold up a facade oh, I know. for so long. And you know it too. Cause like, I think I said this to you the first time I met you, I was like, you're the maybe one of the first people I've ever met from social media to real life that you are exactly who I thought you were going to be because there is that level of, am I being genuine to who I really am? Because if somebody meets me in public, mm. who am I? Like, right. am I, am I, I no longer have those filters and those little things that you can kind of create the facade of, like you said. And, uh, yeah, I've had that a couple of times where I've met people I really looked up to where I thought they were a certain way. And in real life they were like, Oh, Oh God, disappointment. Yeah. Overload. Like it was just like, it was, it was hard. <laughs> And so whenever I meet somebody, I try and just be like, they have gotten to know me through me truly being me. And oh, I yeah. think you're the exact same way, which is, it was so refreshing to meet you because I, I was feel like, exactly oh, the same. Whoa. Like, like girl crush. I was yeah. like, she's the same. <laughs> when I see you doing those like you're silly who you are online. <laughs> and it's so sad that that is the way it is because it is. there's, yeah. because, you know, and I get 
why people are doing that because it works. You know, if you, if you fill a void and you are consistently doing the same thing over and over and over again yeah. and, and creating this illusion of perfection or whatever that illusion is, people follow it because they yeah. love it. People want that so bad. But I think it's very difficult to, to sustain that as a creator. Yes. And I feel like you are going to set yourself up for some difficult times ahead. Oh, for sure. When, girl, if you're just going to be yourself, you can oh, yeah. document the highs and lows. And, and people feel this connection to you. Oh, gosh. People have seen me cry over things that afterwards I was like, maybe it wasn't that big a deal. But at the time, it felt like a lot. And I but that, it's just, I don't know. I do. I think because I have a built of to me, it's not like a one-sided relationship I know I spend you know people look at people online and they think oh that must be so what a, what a life you have you put up a photo and it takes no time and you document your life and I'm like about three hours a night I spend replying and connecting and being very intentional with my words and my thoughts and documenting them and writing them down there's, a, there's two to three hours a day that are just you know, unpaid time that's just like my mm-hmm. own time and that's time of connecting so I don't view it as a as a one way relationship. So when stuff goes down in my life, hundred percent, you're going to see me cry about oh, it girl, because yeah. I am I don't have the energy to keep up hiding that mm-hmm. realistically, right? So. And then people would there's an element of like if you were to just disappear for twelve hours, it's like what happened? I, you know, I did, I did disappear. Did you? <laughs> but it happened. You know, but you know, and yeah. it's important to take breaks. Yeah. It's true. But no. you know, if you were going through a rough patch and then went mm-hmm. away, your followers would be like, "What happened?" Like I thought yeah. we were connected, and I thought yeah. there was something. And there is. That's a difficult thing to explain to like a non-social media person. And I give the right. example of my aunt. So my aunt, she's adorable. She, God help her, does not know how to use like Facebook. Nothing. Finally, she gets on Instagram, and I'm like, "What is happening?" And so she's starting to follow, she's commenting, and she's starting to understand a little bit how this works. Yeah. And then I didn't post for a morning. I was busy. And I got a text from her, and she's like, where'd you go? Aww. And I was like, she goes, I finally get what is happening here. Like, yeah. I, and she goes, I like waking up and having my coffee and seeing you have your coffee. And it's yeah. like, we're kind of, and she goes, and I know you. So yeah. she goes, I can only imagine now what that's like for people who are like, they don't really know who you are and they still want to connect with you. So it's, yeah. it's something that's hard to explain, but once you it experience is. it and you feel that commitment to your audience to like, yeah. you're more than just a number. Like yeah. I know, I'm sure like you, you know, some of their names, like oh, you've of comment, you know, who's going to comment on things like, oh, yeah, like the, these are genuine people who, you know, especially going through the loss of my Instagram, it, it was they showed up, they, they showed up, they wrote emails on my behalf. They, they did things and they took their own time and made phone calls and things like that. And I was like, this isn't just, it's not a me thing anymore. Like it really has become this community. And I think there's so many pockets of them. And, and right back to when I lived in Ottawa in that time of isolation, you know, those were my friends then too. I was so far away from all of my friends at home. I was so far away from my family social media was those connecting pieces, those stories that I could find those other people. And when I, I look at some of my followers and, you know, I have friends who are in Utah or Ohio and, you know, I can, I can talk to them from five years ago, what they mm-hmm. went through. And we still to this day can talk about like, you know, divorce. So we can talk about single motherhood and all these things that, holy, remember when we met online mm-hmm. through blogs and we were doing these DIY blogs and look at us now, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. You journey with people in a way that you never would have had an opportunity to before. And it's impossible to expect that in life, you're going to find the right people to connect to within your personal like realm of life. Like that's, that's not really reality. So 
the internet is a magical place where we kind of got to be brought together, right? And I Absolutely. love that. Absolutely. And I always, I know there's, there. I don't feel like it's happening as much right now, but there is always talk about social media being negative and mm. negative impact of it. But I'm like, can we just for a minute shine the light on some of the positive? Like, like you, um, I started my channel because I was in Malaysia. I was yeah, alone. And I, right. funny enough, I actually get comments from time to time, like when I, on the business side of things where they're like, does Amanda have bots? Because I have all these people from Malaysia. From Malaysia. <laughs> and I'm like, no, those are real no, people. Those are real. <laughs> like I lived there. Um, and it was a time where, you know, I couldn't find my tribe. And I always say that I couldn't find them. So I thought I'm going to, I'm going to make this community. Yeah. And whenever I talk to people who maybe are doing something different in their life that doesn't fit with the people in their actual present community, I'm like, go online because there yeah. are people that you will connect with, that you will have similar ways of thinking, parenting, living, whatever it is, yes. and you won't feel alone. You yeah. Know? 100%. And nobody, nobody should have to feel alone when you're going through things of life. I, I think that that is one of the bigger lessons is there's a lot of people living in isolation and they're really feeling trapped with whatever it is, you know, a lot of people originally did connect because of my weight loss because they did feel like they were put in this, this box. And some people really connected with me because of the single motherhood, which was a shock. And then, you know, more people connected over, you know, body positivity and things like that. There's just so many layers where I think I found new friends in different pockets. And my big thing is, and, and I feel this about myself too, if I'm following somebody or somebody's following me, if you don't feel good about what you're taking in, you shouldn't be taking it in anymore. So I, I don't worry so much anymore about people who unfollow. I don't worry so much about if I need to unfollow because that is, you know, that's what you're garbage in, garbage out. If it's, if it's feeding anything that's negative for you, then you shouldn't be a part of it. So that's why I think the internet and social media really can be a positive place because it is what you make it to be. Too. Absolutely. If there's so much choice involved. Sometimes declutter is necessary. Yes, a little um, bit. Yeah. So you are an inspiration to a lot of people. And when I read your posts, I'm not even sure, like, you know, I did put on a lot of weight post-pregnancy yeah. when I came back to Canada. I think I had to lose like 40 or 50 pounds, which is no joke. That's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm curious, like, where do you find inspiration? Because I read your posts and I'm like, where did like, where did that come from? Like, it's so inspiring and it's so positive and uplifting. Like what, where do you find that? Where do you find that energy to give back to people all the time? Uh, a lot of times through conversations or questions, sometimes like today I just posted something about being in a bikini and it was actually from somebody sending me a message saying, you know, I went to the beach this weekend and I wore a bathing suit and it was the first time I'd done it in a while. And it's because I felt encouraged by your last post to go and do it. And when I was there, I was shocked because there were so many women and I thought it was going to be full of bikini body, well, anybody's bikini body, but all but yeah. these like, you know, perfect bodies that you see all over Instagram. And instead it was like, what she considered real, real women and people like her. And so. Oh yeah. It's like dad bought for life like, across yeah, the beaches these days. I know, like but it was just this moment where I was like, yes, you know, what's happening is that we're showing up. We're showing up to these places. Yes. We're showing up to the beach. We're no longer hiding and saying, oh, only this level of humans allowed to go do that. And so when she shared that with me, I was, it just, it just generated this thought and this process where I was like, we're showing up. This is what's happening. This is why it's changing. It's not that we're suddenly all have these bodies and we're talking, but it's like, no, we always have. We've just been in hiding. Sorry, that's still my dog. <laughs> Guess what, guys? The sandwich has just turned one. 
We are celebrating this one year anniversary. I am personally so proud of the work that's been done, the conversations that have been had, the guests I've been able to share with you. It's like a little dream. It's been something on my to-do list for a long time, and it took me a minute to get it together, but I'm so glad we've stuck it out. And thanks to your support, we actually hit the charts on iTunes for New and Noteworthy just after launch. With all of your comments, your ratings, your reviews of the podcast, it really has allowed it to grow and expand and to get into new people's ears who, quite frankly, don't even realize that I am actually a YouTuber initially. So I so appreciate all of you being here. And in honor of the one year anniversary, I have launched a Patreon page. So Patreon, for those not in the know, is a place where me, the creator, will be creating exclusive content just for you. So I'm going to be creating two bonus podcast episodes every month with Dean and I, where we're going to tackle relationship or travel or parenting topics, kind of whatever we feel is fun to talk about. I'll also be creating a video where Dean will be doing some sort of DIY, exclusive content, basically a place for you to offer some support with a monthly donation. Don't worry, it's nothing crazy, but allows me to create content that is something that you actually want. As you know, creating content takes time away from my other income generating projects, and I want to show up for you guys as much as possible and just show my appreciation. And so that's a way for you guys to give a little love back. Patreon.com forward slash Amanda Muse. If you want to learn more, there's going to be links in the show notes. Thank you so much for your continued support, and I look forward to sharing more episodes with you here on The Sandwich. P.S. Nothing's changing. I will still be showing up once a week with an episode. Patreon is just an opportunity for you guys to get a little more and, of course, exclusive behind-the-scenes content. Thanks again. Patreon.com forward slash Amanda Muse. I think inspiration is everywhere. My brain has always been one of those that doesn't really shut off. I a lot of my posts are written first thing in the morning because it's something that's been percolating all night long. Um, sometimes it'll be as simple as watching a children's movie or something like that. But a, a lot of times it's just it's just life experience and going through different things and different conversations. But in terms of my own inspiration, I. I would be kidding if I didn't say it was from other people on social media as well. I think there's been quite a few that I've paid attention to. There's been everything from how I suddenly found myself very fascinated with, I've talked about a little bit of flawed bodies. I used to be so obsessed with, you know, looking so perfect. And suddenly I was like, gosh, cellulite is like really cool when you see it. Like when you, maybe because it's so shocking, we're so used to seeing perfect. And now when you see like, cellulite on somebody or a stretch mark you're like damn like that's that you know fire. what like, yes what is that? there's a girl I used to work with back in the day like Lysenza days so I was like yeah. 18 or something she had the cutest little muffin top I just loved her body I was yeah. like I just and she wore that bikini and she didn't give a shit she was yeah. like this is my body beautiful and I think I love what you're saying because I just talked about in a recent episode like I've started, maybe it's being in my 30s, God knows, but it's like I'm paying attention to who I'm following yeah. and I'm recognizing that I'm not 22. Yeah. My ass is not that of a 22-year-old. Ain't never going to be. We've pushed out some babies. It looks a little different, right? Yeah. And I'm starting to pay attention to what women ahead of me, like what do they look like? Yeah. What, like change the uh, conversation around beauty and 
to set myself up for success, right? Yeah, I agree. Because it's like, why feed yourself something that is unattainable? Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. And, and you know, my best friend, God love her. She is 24. <laughs> and she has no pores on her face and just perfect, beautiful. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. skin, Ariana. And she's oh, just stunning. Oh, Olivia's my other she coworker. Is, like, she's adorable. also little Italian princess. <laughs> Also with no pores. And it and it does feel a little bit like, oh gosh, come on. Like, but then I recognize I'm like, but you know what? Like, not that their time will come. That's like a dooming thing. My body has done so much and it's gone through a lot more that I, I can't help but feel grateful at this point. I didn't feel grateful two years ago. At this point, I feel grateful because I look at my kids and I look at this life I built and I and I look at, you know, this man who who thinks I'm stunning. And for some reason, I really thought that I had to hide my body for the next 50 years from him. And you kind of get to this place where you're like, why am I so hung up on what my body has literally gone through a roller coaster from? And I'm still alive and mm-hmm. with energy and, and stunning and healthy. Like I, I feel, I feel better and more confident now than I did at 15, 16, 17, 18. I don't, I don't oh know that I've ever God. felt this yes. good. And I'm the most Praise flawed. <laughs> I am the most flawed I've ever been. Oh, like, yeah. You could argue that when I was heavier, I, I was. But in terms of like coming through that and loose skin and stretch marks and motherhood and all that stuff, I pretty much should be at my worst, but I'm at my best. And I it's feel like, amazing. Girl, I know. I feel fire. I'm just like. You are though like, too. <laughs> I saw you that day. I was like, that is not you. Nuh-uh. You look good, but I was like, that's not you. I didn't even recognize you. But it's like, but I think there's something about coming through experiences and yeah. like, it's that gratitude and recognizing like what your body did. Does that mean we're going to love every day? No. no. Sometimes with something on, I'm like, damn, those fit last summer, whatever, put them away. And then I'm yeah. like, but then you have to remember, hold on. Like, right. I have been working out more and my yeah. thighs are hulking out. So yeah. Oh, I know. Isn't that so funny? And it's like perspective a little bit. And you know, that confidence is so attractive. And yeah. I think that that light and that confidence does more than just looking pretty in an Instagram photo, which we're starting to learn to realize. We are, we are. It's it's angles and like. Yeah, it's a lot. And I think everyone deserves to look and feel amazing. And you're you're always going to put up those pictures that, that give you those moments. But I think what the bigger thing is, is that people always look at body positivity as something where it's, oh, you have to accept your flaws and love them forever. Well, I just watched my mom lose a hundred and close to 150 pounds and have a tummy tuck. And I'm just like, yes, girl, like you must feel so free from all of this that you've carried for so long. Mm-hmm. And I, I talk a lot about stretch marks and loose skin and stuff like that, but I'm also like body positivity is all just like, it, you get to just own your body again. You mm-hmm. just you get to relax into it. You get to make your own choices. I don't care what anybody else is doing with their bodies or what they're thinking and deciding for it. And I think that's such a huge message because I feel like I used to be a little bit judgmental or probably a lot judgmental. But every single time I look at someone and I see something that they're doing or wearing or making a decision about or new diet that they're on, I'm like, why do I care about what they're doing with their body? I would hate that if they were doing it to me. And so it's like that constant reminder of body positivity is just like, it's putting yourself into a place of being positive, just be positive. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Do I? Would I prefer a flat stomach that had no stretch marks? Yes, but I am not going to like lessen my worth because I have those. That's just where my body is, and it's because when you say it out loud, lot. that that shit sounds crazy. It's I, like it's hold insane. on, it's insane. And I love the word you use, like 
the decision that those people make because that's something where like I used to follow a lot of fitness people. Yeah. And I was like, first of all, I'm never going to do enough squats to have an ass. I don't like want that. to do that many <laughs> Thank squats. You. I'm tired. <laughs> like I don't, there never are shows to watch and like things to do yeah. and like food to not eat and all these things. Is. No. And I think that that's where maybe a little bit of life experience goes, yes. we get to choose certain things and it's mm-hmm. where you're going to put your energy. And maybe that means you're going to work out three times a week and you're going to go for walks and have dinners and eat bread. I don't know. You know yes. what I mean? Like drink the glass of wine because it's enjoyable yeah. and you're being social and, and, and to not limit yourself, but it's whatever you choose to it's do. the authority over your own body Absolutely. to make your own decisions for stuff. And, and I've lived in that restrictive world. I think especially when you're losing weight, there's always that least fear where you, you know, the stats in terms of like extreme weight loss, I think the stat is only 8% ever keep it off. Really? So try and live with that in the back of your head. And you're just like, if I do anything, I'm going to mess it up. So there was always that underlying fear, but I think as it's come along, I'm like, you know what? I live so healthy. I do a lot good, but I'm never going to be the person that loves to work out for an hour or say no to the glass of wine or not have that bite of chocolate like that that's too restrictive so there's that balance for me and again it's been my body and my choice I realized that I could be a fitness person and go and do a bikini competition or something one day but I don't want to I, right. I don't want to I'm not there I love people who do I think it's so cool oh, that yeah. they're that disciplined yeah and can do some really incredible things with their body that's just not where my joy is my joy is a lot more in living and in moments and in experience and it used to be that food was like a crutch for that. I, I believe that I've come through food addiction. So it's almost like, um, you know, if an alcoholic is recovering, you just give up alcohol. When you're recovering from food addiction, you change your relationship or you don't survive. So absolutely, I really had to change how I looked at food. I couldn't look at it with fear and I couldn't look at it with comfort. So it was kind of finding that place in between. And I mean, that's what I talk about when I say that, you know, my social media has been about a a little bit of a journey and a diary is because you can go back five years and probably hold things against me that are completely counteractive to what I would say now. And that's okay because that was where I was then. And this is where I am now. There's a journey in between. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody has permission to change. You're allowed. (laughs) There are, there have been YouTube videos I've made where I'm like, I may have spoken about this three years ago. My opinions may have changed. I didn't reference that video before filming this. We're just going to go with that because you're right. People change. And I think that's to know that there is that fluidity and that we're allowed to grow in our space and learn. And absolutely. So talking about all the positive things that come from it, have you dealt with negativity? Oh gosh, yeah. And how do you deal with that? Like, not necessarily to focus on what's said, but like, how do you deal with that emotionally? How do you deal with that in reality? Like, do you address the haters? Do you... Um, at the beginning when it first started happening, I think it was one of the most drawing experiences I ever had. I I couldn't believe that people were perceiving me in such a way. And I, I I didn't understand and I wanted to just defend myself. And so it kind of became this like tug and pull and, you know, because when my social media really started to blow up, it was also during the time that my husband and I were splitting up. And so there was a lot of, oh, I bet your husband left you. And I bet you Mm. thought you were too good for him now that you lost weight. And just so much mistruths and a lot of just, you need to take, I had to get some real thick skin. And so it was hard. I think at the beginning I cried a lot. It used to 
it used to really drive, I would probably just shake a lot of shaking and I didn't really know what to do. I'm a bit of a people pleaser. So I want people to like me a lot. And that was, that was really hard to kind of have somebody who blatantly did not like me. Right. But I think coming through learning my own worth and also coming through a divorce, when you know that there's things that you have to be quiet about, you start to understand that you have a truth and you have a worth and you might be the only person that understands it and knows it sometimes. But when you know you, your truth, you understand that when somebody else is coming at you, they don't. And, you know, there have been times that I've had really great conversations with people who are like, I'm, I'm so, I've actually had people who came and attacked me say, sorry, which I never really expected being like, I totally misunderstood you. I really thought you were this. And like, I apologize. That's like the 1% of the time, 99%, they escalate and escalate and escalate. And I always have this like glimmer of hope that it's not going to go down this path, but eventually I, I have to block them. And I've had, I've had one that continues to regenerate into somebody Mm, new and they they come back in and anything they can say about my mothering, my body, my choices, my, you know, I think the last one I got from who I believe is the same person was, I feel sorry for your fiance for having to be with someone like you and like, just, Oh, Oh, that hurts. And like, Oh, your poor children that it must be awful for them to have to grow up around a mother like you. Like they're looking to hurt you. Oh, for sure. And there's a split second. It does. I think there's always that reality of we're humans and these are bullies. (laughs) I love what you said about how, they keep coming back to try to hurt you. And mm-hmm. it's like, I remember people that used to do that. And it was almost more so back in the early days when it was like, really? I was more vulnerable. I And I really appreciate what you said about you have your truth and you know what that is. And I find that taking the time to try to defend yourself is it's waste. It's a waste it of time. Waste of and it, it hurts you more because you feel like you keep trying to defend. Yeah. And then it's like, hold on, you could have taken that 45 minutes and made a new post. I know. And, you know, and, and it's, it's hard. But we, from the bully. <laughs> we all, we all go through it because so, yeah. when you are being so vulnerable and putting your heart out there, mm. it's going to hurt. We are real people yeah. behind those cameras. We are real people writing those words. And yeah. so you can't say, oh, it doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah, it does. It does. But you learn how to adapt and you learn yeah. how to not let it res like impact you. I even yeah. find sometimes like if I know I'm putting out something that's maybe controversial or is going to get reaction, I will like not look at the comments for a while because yes. I'm like, I can't right now. Like I just need, I need a moment. I need a moment. I need there to be more so that there's some good comments to outweigh the crappy ones and I will feel better. You know, it's like a yeah. weird kind of relationship that you have with it, but I still think it's important to put the messaging out there and to not cower. I know. From and, those and it's funny because I always used to do this thing where I'd block their name, but I would screenshot the messages and just show people like what kind of things that somebody mm-hmm. in social media kind of gets. And realistically, I think, I think people, even if they're not a social media person it, per se has gotten those experiences as well. But then I had a friend call me up a couple weeks ago and she was like, Hey, I so get your heart behind what you're doing. But be careful because you're actually giving them power. You're giving them attention. Oh, yeah. And that's what they're looking for. And I was like, oh, isn't that funny? I never really thought about that before. I never really had Don't feed had the that. trolls. Like, why would you feed them? Yeah. Oh, girl. So yeah. now I'm getting to the perception. Like, it, it's kind of laughable now when you can kind of see these comments. And you're just like, yeah, bye. And oh, you gosh. don't even engage it. And they can Delete. try and try and try. But Lock. you just don't engage it. And it doesn't go anywhere. Oh, yeah. You kind of – the defenses are up. And so – you know, and one person asked me the other day, somebody had made a comment or on my, one of my posts, 
And it was negative. It was definitely a negative comment. And I, and I left it there and they said, well, why did you leave it there? And I'm like, well, it wasn't, it wasn't attacking my kids. It wasn't attacking anything too much. They, they were questioning my messaging and, and how I could talk about weight loss and body positivity. Aren't those two counteractive? Well, oh, interesting. I've had this conversation a lot. I'm like, you're, so it was very clear to me, this was someone new. And so all I did was just encourage them to go back and read a little bit and understand, you know? And, um, somebody, it it went on a little bit further and, you know, followers started to jump in and somebody said, well, why would you leave that up there? Like, because I think that that is a little bit of a flawed system. If I deleted every negative thing that was ever said about me, because then it just looks like you come on and it's all praise Mm -hmm. and nothing else. And that's not reality either. That's not being genuine to what's happening or the conversation either. So I mean, there's a limit if there were certain things that were said that were a little bit more extreme or my kids were involved or Yeah, like threats and various Yeah, something that was maybe a little bit too private, I would take that down. But in the, yeah, in the most case, if, if somebody wants to leave a comment, they do have that right. And I try and protect myself to a degree, but I won't um I hear you. It's I like like take it down. On YouTube, there's this interesting thing you can do where you can hide a person's comment. And they oh. don't know. So they, they're they still engaging. They're still commenting. And you're like, oh, baby girl, if only you knew. No one's seeing this comment. <laughs> like, But they don't know that they've been blocked. And they're just like, why isn't anyone responding? Well, because nobody can see you. I've taken yeah. the wind out of your sails. And this yeah. is my space in the internet. However, I agree with you that if it's something that's like not necessarily a direct threat or something too personal about your kids, it's like yeah. it's more just like you look like a fool. Yeah. I'm gonna let you sit there. You do that, and thing. other people will school you. Yeah, go for it. Like yeah. you, you put yourself out there. It's like you're gonna yeah. get what's coming. So yeah, it's true. And I think it's important too that people see that you're right. It isn't all roses and sunshine. And yeah. You can't control every interaction in real life. So no. what would make us think we can control it online? I know. Right? Totally. And like, and and growth and failure is a part of is a part of you know your journey too. And I think that there's there's definitely things I've said. And like I said, if you go back five years, there's probably a lot of things that I did say that are very counterproductive to what I say now, but that's okay. But we like, learn, you know, yeah, we when we know lot. more, we do better kind of thing. Yeah, I would hope. Yeah. Hopefully, usually. So maybe a few things that people obviously, they know you're a mom, mm-hmm. but you don't talk about necessarily like the nitty gritty parenting things online. And when I first met you, what I found so interesting is you were like, I feel a little bit removed from it because yeah. your kids are a little bit older. So how old are your kids? My kids are 12, 10, and 8. So two girls and a boy. I know. That's wild. Babysitting age though, you know, free oh, girl. That's she true. Her course. We were set. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. And you, from Instagram, from the videos, you seem yeah. to have a very chill relationship with them. Obviously, you're the mom. Yeah. So you know that there's things that go down behind, you know, the, the, the closed doors kind of thing. You're not going to show every aspect of it. But you've been very good at setting boundaries and seeming like to be able to live your life, show that you're a mom, it's a priority. You know, how did you establish, do you have boundaries for one? How did you establish these things? Yeah, like what are your thoughts around your kids kind of being part of what you do? So it's kind of funny because it, it like I, when we did first meet, there is a bit of a weird gap between you know, everyone sees toddlers and babies on mm-hmm. Instagram and they're so popular. There's not a lot of like the school age kids, people aren't really that engaged in that audience. And, and it's kind of given me an opportunity to have a voice about it, but it's also given me the opportunity to talk to them about it. So what a lot of people will see is often my son is up and, and he's on everything, but he so loves it. And what people don't realize is I ask them permission. They have full rights. They know what's going on. 
they've seen us get recognized in public. They know it. So a lot of times I'll say, are you okay with this? Do you want to be a part of this? Mm -hmm. And it's a yes or no thing. You know, my girls are a little bit on the shyer side, or I think they're just like in that age where they're starting to kind of come into their own. And my son is like, oh, yes. Like, put me up oh there. My God. He's ready for his own channel. Oh, he like, is. He's, the apple does not fall far from the tree with that like one. like a little star. Yeah. There's people who are literally like, I only follow you to see that kid. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not surprised. He's he's a very entertaining child. And and I think my discussions with um, my daughters, especially my oldest, as she's coming into the age of social media, it, I'm very aware of what she's seeing and reading. And I love that she kind of reads them and feels connected and I, I don't want her to read anything that is shocking and I don't want her to read anything that makes her feel awkward or uncomfortable. So yeah, we have full conversations about what is their comfort levels? What do they like? Or sometimes we'll take like a video and they'll be like, don't post that. And I can't be like too bad. I think it's cute. Right. It's like, no, you have a right here and I'm not going to post it. So I'm one of the lucky ones that, yeah, because of my kids are a little bit older, we get to have those conversations. Absolutely. And I think it's, so my daughter being six, like we're yeah. starting that. I find Jack at four, he can still get away with stuff. He's yeah. starting to know that the camera's there, but he doesn't quite understand, obviously. But Esme watches YouTube now. She knows how the families work on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I've always felt that my kids add color, but they're not the focus. It's yeah. like, this is my life through my lens. Yeah. And sometimes they'll show up, but eventually they're not going to show up as much because, oh, of course. you know, you're right. Like as she gets older, as he gets older, they're more aware of things. Things are going to hurt them. They don't have the thick skin that we have. Yeah. They don't have that confidence and I don't want anyone coming for them because I would pack up shop so quick like if it when you have to think about like how am I going to navigate the space with yeah. young people you oh, know? I know and they're in a sense too you're very lucky because of your messaging it's very much like positive body messages and yeah. how to love who you are and so that's something that worries me is but like what are our kids going to see and who are they following who are they following what like, are they taking in and, and that's been a huge part of I think my own process somebody said to me at one point I was in a very very bad space and I had a friend that said to me what what would you do if this is your daughter and that, it mm. was like that line has sat with me ever since he said those words. And I was like, what would I do if this is my daughter? And when I look at myself in the mirror and I say hateful things or I think bad things or I'm participating in something online and it's like, what if this is, what if this is your daughter? Mm -hmm. Like always in the background of, of my thought process now. And, and it reminds me, you know, if, if my daughter, and, and I've seen it, my daughter was called fat at school one day and she came home just sobbing and you know it's funny because I was so broken for her but it took me back to when I was in grade seven and somebody called me fat and it was like this we're just in this circle of hurt and I was looking at her going but how could you think this of yourself you were so beautiful because I had such an insane amount of love for her and then the next day I saw myself doing it to myself and it's such a wake-up yeah. call right like when you start to kind of process you know your children versus you and like how could you love them so much and and not give yourself that same credit but yeah, it's been it's been important to me to kind of create this space and those conversations with them where they really do feel widely accepted in who they are as people. We've had my kids are my kids are incredible beings. I have to tell you the story. <laughs> so my my daughter has this friend at school who is actually transgender, which is you know kind of controversial thing even in this age. Oh, even still. So. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I I caught wind of this through, you know, she told me and, and I 
heard it from some other parents. And so I was like, listen, I sat them all down and I was like, listen, here's what's going on. I don't want to hear anything come out of your mouths or hear you're participating in anything of hate or um, like not being accepting. I want you guys to, if you see any bullying going on, I want you to be the, the forefront people to kind of step in and be the game changers here. Oh yeah. This is so important. This is going to change this kid's life. And they're all just looking at me with these faces. And I was like, okay, what do you have to say? After I've had this like really like <laughs> massive <laughs> speech, right? It was Oscar worthy. Um, they're like, mom, nobody cares. And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, well, nobody cares. And I was like, what do you mean nobody cares? They're like, well, we all the girls just donated a bunch of clothes to her. And, Aww. you know, sometimes we make mistakes of saying him instead of her. But you know, nobody cares. They're like... Plus, there's, like, two other kids who have already come out as gay and, like, nobody cares. And I was like, yay. Oh, okay, never mind then. But I was like, what a difference in the world. And so, oh like, God, these, yeah. you really think about your messaging in the sense of how, not even how it's going to impact me and my kids, but how am I going to impact them to impact as they go forward, right? Totally. And they're in a totally different game space than we ever have been. And I think that they're coming into a totally different perspective on um, – yeah, social media and like how to be how to be a human. I don't I don't know that oh, I've yeah. had those same opportunities. <laughs> no. Oh Lord. I just today I had a conversation with Esme. She was coming home from gymnastics, like day two of summer camp. Yeah. And she goes, Mom, and it's amazing the way they're able to articulate their feelings too. And it's like she goes, Mom, I just I didn't feel very cool. And Aww. I was like, and I'm like, I need to fix this. Like your instinct is like, yeah. gotta fix it right you now. You are so cool. I'm like, what are you talking about? And I was like, we need to talk to your dad because Dean is so good at those conversations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get a little bit emotional, mm. Mama Bear, sit you. Um, but it's you know, it's having those conversations in a way that makes sense to them too. Like what you're saying, they're growing up in a time where things that mattered to our generation doesn't even they don't bat an eye at it. You I know. know what I mean? And it's like, oh right, it's it's no big deal. There's a transgendered kid in grade two in the yeah. school. And it's like, yeah, there's no big deal. It's yeah. like, what now? Like, I don't have to explain anything. You got this. Got it. Cool. But then they have to go through this a, a different realm of they're going to grow up with, you know, we had ex-boyfriends in high school and we broke up with them. We only got like hearsay of what's going on. They're going to have to go through like right. watching that on social media and like all that jazz. That part I'm not so much looking forward to, but I think the rest so far has been an interesting journey. I think it just has created a lot of discussion. And I and I love that. I think as people, we've created a lot more discussion and it's created a lot more growth as individuals, I would hope. Yes. Sometimes it's like debating, an openness, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you're able to have these discussions because yeah. maybe you could pull up someone on Instagram that has these values and be like, here's an example. Like, here's let's good, look at this yeah, together. I feel so validated or, you know, I feel connected. I My oldest daughter is very, very smart, but she also has a very interesting taste in things that I don't understand. Like I, I don't understand her. Like I really didn't. She was like that two-year-old that did like thousand piece puzzles. And I was like, what? How did they, I feel like you must've gotten switched at birth. Like, I don't get that at all. Like I would just literally look at her all the time and be like, I don't get it. Like she's just a whiz, but her, she has such an artistic mind and mm -hmm. very mathematical and she loves like Japanese anime and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to even connect with you on that. I've never watched it in my life. Like maybe watch an episode of Sailor Moon. Right. And I don't even know if that counts, but <laughs> she's finding people online and like animators and like all of these like oh my God, YouTubers and stuff that I'm like, and she's not alone. The these, yeah. She's not alone. She's finding oh. her people in this big wide world. Yeah. It's cool.
See, Very cool. you do have more to talk about the subject matter and then you might think, like, I know you mm. think you're far removed from it, but I think sometimes it's interesting to me. Like, I'm curious when my kids are older, like, who's going to be sharing messages about this stuff? Do you know what I mean? Like, I find there is a trend and we don't need to go into that today, but it's where a lot of people really talk, ne- speak negatively about motherhood and how it's such a burden and there's all yes. of this, but I think it's in your mindset and maybe there are some of us who are just programmed to see the silver lining yeah. and be excited about next chapters. I and I never even thought about what you just said about how her interests are so different than yours, yeah. but she's able to find people, she can find her people online. Like that's amazing. Yeah, but I agree with you. I think there's a lot of like, I think that it does come from like that validation of, you know, a lot of things in motherhood are difficult. There are days that are really, really hard. Yes. Do I choose to live there? No, it's, it's not all rosy, but I just, I just choose the other side of it. There are days that I'm really worn down, but I, that's not going to be my, that's not my MO to live there. It's, not what I want my kids to feel like they read about later on. I don't want them to feel like they were a burden. And I'm not saying that. I know that people really do find those connecting pieces when they share those things online. But to me, motherhood has always been just this like wild ride that I don't know how the heck I was chosen to be a part of it. (laughs) But I also had three kids by the time I was 25. It was just a totally different game from then to now. I I think it's hilarious watching. I don't know what it would be like if I were a a new mom now because back when I first had kids, there wasn't 90% of the things that exist now didn't exist then. Oh my God, I don't go even back know like what six years. About. I know. Like video monitors? What? Like <laughs> I was too cheap. I'm like, no, girl, I can hear her. Like, we're good. I like, don't want, <laughs> you went to bed for a reason, honey. Like, I don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> totally. I don't like the frequencies can be heard by other people. It creeps but me out. But then when they do fall asleep, it's nice to go, especially when they were like terrors as toddlers. It used to be my thing to go in and watch them sleep just because I'd be like renewed in my love for them because yes. when they were awake, I was like, no. Well, especially we're done that here. close in age. <laughs> Oh, Lord, good thing you were young. You had the energy, the stamina yeah. for it. So um, something that is interesting is the blended family aspect of yeah. raising your kids. And so I have found there have been creators I follow where the ex-partner is really not on board with mm-hmm. showing the children online. Have yeah. you met with any of those difficulties or how have you had to navigate that? Um, no, it hasn't really come up. So I'm, I'm not shy to share about this, but me and my ex do not really have a big amount of communication. Because my kids are older, there isn't a huge amount of necessity to that. We have a set schedule and the communication happens with the, our kids right so there isn't a lot of crossing over between those things it hasn't been an issue I think because it's been such a huge part of our life and and again the kids do have that choice so it'd be a hard thing to kind of argue I think if I think if he ever came to me and had genuine concern I think we would talk about it but at the end of the day I would hope it would still come down to like the kids and their own choices with it but especially because they're older like it's it's I found the creators I'm thinking of it's when their children were much younger of course and it was like hold on they don't get a say so let's wait until they do so that's a really good perspective and 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 really the focus of your content isn't your children oh of course not so when they pop in it's a colorful little addition but it's not like like a reminder If you watch my stories, they're there a lot more. But I need I needed it to not be all about them because realistically, my twenties were my identity was not myself. It was what are my kids? What are they doing? How successful are they? Are they dressed well? Do they wear nice clothes? Is their hair done? And I was a freaking disaster on the side. I was an afterthought. And so coming through a lot of my own health journey, and when I changed that relationship with myself, a big part of that was self care. You know, people just think it, you just jump into self love. For me, and you know, I was criticized a little bit. That was one of the things that I know a troll would say was, how could you, how could you spend time in the morning putting on 
your makeup when you have like kids. And I'd be like, I wake up half hour before them because I realized very early on that that self-care for me changed who I was during the day for whatever reason, just mentally set me up for a much more successful day. Mm -hmm. I'm still like that. It's, it's wild to me, but that's how I'm. And you still prioritize it. Yeah, I Which make it a big part of it. Which sets you on the right foot, and then you're a better mother and a better like you know and all it of the them things. Respect. Oh yeah, it taught them that there was boundaries and that mom has a life beyond right. you. So, a big part of my Instagram, it's about me. It's it's no longer about you know here's what so and so did today and here's what coloring they made. You know, there's there's pockets of that, but it's my story, and they are huge chapters of that but they are not the story. And like you said, they're the color in yours, but they're not the focus. Totally. And, and there is, huge. you, and you don't have to be, I know you're saying you're a people pleaser and I feel yeah. that too at times, um, but you don't have to be everything to everybody. Yeah. You know, like you can fill, and that's something I think you do very well is that you know your strengths and you know the topics you want to cover. Yeah. And there's a variety of them, yeah. but you really stick to what is what what what's in your wheelhouse? Yeah, yeah. And I think what's great about that is when you are niched a little bit in that sense, like you're good at what you do, and so you're able to provide like quality yeah. content that you yeah. put out there, and it resonates with people, and people are obviously enjoying it because they're sticking around and yeah. following. So it's like, and I think <laughs> it's nice. so important to have people, and I share this too, where you, I feel like it's okay to fall deep and fall hard in love with your children, yeah. and you get lost in it. But oh, you yeah. have to find your way back out and yeah. realize that, like, you are a priority. And there was that moment in motherhood where I was like, what, like, do I even like to wear? What is yes. my fashion? I thought I liked makeup. What the hell am I even, like, I don't remember anything. My hair was, like, you can go back in the history books. My I had long hair. Like, you saw a video once. You're I like, I don't even know who like, that woman know. is. Who that is. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like, so like, it's the voice and that's all I recognize. My girl, I know. But it's, and it's okay, but it's to find that. And find your way out. And sometimes yeah. you need someone like you who is waving a little light over here going like, it's okay to feel this way and you can still work on yourself bit by yes, bit. Yes, it is. Um, and with hard work. And it's a, still a daily commitment to mm-hmm. your lifestyle. It's not just like, oh, bam, magic pill, done. Yes. Like, you yeah. still got to work on it. And I think that's where I kind of focus on on being the 8% that has been successful is recognizing that it you don't make those types of decisions as a short-term Thing. It was truly had to be a lifestyle. I had to commit to looking at my body in a way with love and no longer just trying to fix it all the time. I, I think that was kind of the difference. So yeah, I mean, I love picking up new things and new exercises and new food things. I only went vegan like a year ago. That was something that, you know, was good for my own personal body, but that was like Two years ago, like a year before that, I was like, vegans are ridiculous. I can never be one. They're so judgy. And like, who would do that? And then a year later, I was like, hey, guys. By the way. Here's me. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay. Like you were saying, we, we change. We, change we learn new girl. things. Absolutely. And yeah. so speaking of new things, you are getting married very I soon. I am getting Are you married. like seven weeks, eight, I think it's ten seven weeks? weeks. Yeah. Like oh less God. than two months. Yeah, it's crazy. I know I saw a little post on Instagram today with some people that are like, you know, the behind the scenes people for the wedding. Yeah, I know. It's wild. It's really been, it's wild. It's, it's weird. And it's also just seemingly right. I don't don't know that I came out of, I think I came out of marriage previously and was just like, I'm okay with being alone forever. And that was a very freeing feeling. I think a lot of people come out and they're like, but nobody's ever going to love me. And I'm like, I'm okay being on my own. That's how I know this Mm -hmm. was the right decision because I'm a hundred percent okay 
if I'm feeling better living at my parents' house with my three kids and I'm in a better place, I know I'm okay on my own. So I didn't, it was a very much a surprise, I guess. So a very, well, in such very a huge surprise. transformative time of your life. To huge. Be so dependent. Life I mean, like okay, let's be frank. I did meet my husband when I was 20, but we didn't like have kids till yeah. I was 28 or something like okay. that. Okay. But there is that, that youthful time where it's very much like you're trying to figure out who you are, but you didn't get that chance. Like I you were just like, that. I am being a mom right now. And yeah. so you seem so happy. And actually there was a viewer. I'm going to tell you her name. I'm <laughs> j- jumping ahead here. Um, it was Chelsea from Instagram. And she goes, okay. all her questions were about Shane. Um, and Shane is, is Sarah's Okay. Fiance. First of all, before we yeah. get into this, yeah. I had to, so Shane and I actually worked together. So I, that was the one thing that I hid from social media with Shane. I think I came on the scene when it was like the photos, like you you were in my feed and then I was like, who is this adorable family in a field and this man with a beard and like, what's going on? It was like, it was, I was terrified because I thought I've betrayed everybody for a year, but it's because of our jobs that we did that. But when I came out and people were like, well, how long have you been together? And I was like, okay, so sorry, but it's been a year. And like, I just... But you're entitled to that privacy, but it's scary when you share so much. But people were just like, yes, girl. So I was, yeah, yeah. But that was the one thing in talking about like being really genuine and being vulnerable. Holding that back was, was the craziest thing I've ever done. That was like, yeah. Did it... So I have a friend that works, you know, her content is more about blended families Mm -hmm. and just navigating that space. Was that a tricky time? Because that's part of the question from Chelsea was like, you know, introducing your kids to Shane, like... Did you have a certain time frame? Was it like we're we're good now? You feel like you just know you knew he was the one, so it was like this is actually a funny story. So I started working at this company, and I was very fresh out of my divorce. And Shane was in a relationship at the time that was kind of at the its end as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know that. That was not really my business. But no idea who this guy was and and there's 30 people in the office and the girl who was training me was telling me who everybody is and I saw him walk past and she goes and that's Shane he wears plaid every day and that's all she said and it everything in me was just like this gut punch of that guy's really important and it was just like this he's very important and I didn't know what that meant and I just didn't I wasn't like looking for that I had no desire to be in anything I'm just separated. I'm working two jobs. My life was way too crazy to even think about dating. But we just were like this very immediately just connected. He reminded me a lot of like, so my male cousin who is like my best friend, I have these two male cousins who I grew up with Mm -hmm. and he's so similar to the both of them. And so I think I just had this like comfort level of the two of the two of them. And I just, uh, it's chemistry in action. It was weird. I just like, we just felt like we felt like best friends. Very, very fast. And then, um, so anyways, then I was going through my own stuff. He was going through his own stuff. I think we went bowling as a group once. That was the first time he met the kids is we went bowling as like a group. And I like Ariana was there and stuff like that. And Shane has this thing. And if you ever see kids around him, they just are just drawn to him. Mm. He has this like aura about him. He doesn't have any kids. He has been previously married, but he doesn't have any kids. And you have to recognize for a situation like mine, I'm either coming into somebody who doesn't have kids and wants them, doesn't have kids and doesn't want them, already has their own kids, or option number four, doesn't have kids, loves kids, but maybe doesn't want to have more because I didn't even know if I wanted to have more. And he was like the perfect option number four who was just came in. And anyway, so my kids got to know him first before we were ever really dating. 
and it was by their suggestion that we date. No and they, kidding. And so we knew, we knew what was happening. Like of we, we started, we had obviously knew. You're not going to introduce a certain person to your children if you haven't quite like. No, but like we were friends when they all met. Like he was genuinely just a friend and yeah. the kids were just so taken by him that my middle child, she's um, a master manipulator in the best way, but she was just <laughs> like, how am I going to set you two up? Aww. So she was just like, are you going to ask my mama? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? And so I remember the day, so Shane had said like, if it ever happens, I'll tell you first. So sure enough, he <laughs> took her aside and we were just with her and we're like, we have some news and we're like, she's like, what? And he's like, I asked your mama. And she was like, no. Like they were just like, they've been like campaigning for this because they're like, we love this guy, mom. Like, why aren't you dating him? So they were kind of like on me. And we we knew we were kind of in those early stages of getting to know each other and all the feelings. And so it was uh, it was a very it was very it's like the special. best case scenario. It was, and I think we still to this day were like, how did that happen? Like, how did we get that? You know what? When some things are like meant to happen, I truly believe mm-hmm. that if you're met with things that are, con- there's like roadblocks and resistance, the universe is trying yeah. to tell you something. And when it's easy, maybe it's just meant to be right. I know. And it's like, it feels good. Yeah. You look happy. And I love that Chelsea was like, he looks happy all the time. What What's going on there? Like, how are they I able know. to navigate and, this space? And it's funny because when I talked about my oldest and how I don't really connect with her, Shane did. And he, oh. the two of them have a very similar mind. They, he came in and he brought computers and they started playing games and stuff that they knew and and he did the same with the other two and like had all these little, little connecting factors with them that I could never really offer and that was huge and we kind of had this conversation a couple a couple nights ago we were sitting we just finished a movie and, and I don't I don't know which one of us said it but it was like I feel like we just found each other like we were just always meant to be a family it he has never felt like they are some sort of a burden or something to take on there was a moment where I I can remember it because you know how you have those like moments that burn oh, into yeah. you forever. And I was walking up the stairs and he goes, I really love them, you know. And I was like, What? And he was like, I I think I fell in love with them. Aww. And I was like, Shane. And he was like, If anything ever happens, because we I've read we've read all the articles. We know secondary breakups are way worse than a divorce of parents. Mm. They're actually harder because you never see that person again. They're right. gone. So he's like, if anything happens, I'll be there. Like they, I'll be there forever for them. And I was like, okay. And it just took so much weight off of me. I no longer. You're a package deal. Like it's not just you. Yeah. Yeah. And it gave me my choice back again. Not that I had lost it, but there was a lot of pressure when you're dating somebody that your kids are in love with, where you're like, ooh, this better work. Right. It was scary. And I think I had some resistance. Four people down. It's like, you're breaking everybody's hearts, right? So I got lucky in the sense that I I had that choice 100% the whole time. I, I know to this day, if anything ever happened, he's there for them. I'm there for them. Nobody's losing each other, but we, we do truly feel like we found each other. And I think that's a big reason where people will ask, you know, are you guys going to have kids yourself? And a big reason Shane is so happy with my kids and us not maybe not having our own is because he's like, I just feel like they are mine. I love them. So it's just a very, we got, we got lucky. We're very aware. (laughs) And he's very nice. I just met him today. He has a very nice energy about him. I know. He's like, He's the greatest. He's the kind of person that he does kind of give you this energy and this happiness when he enters the room. And I love that. And I love that when we go to like anything or any party, we usually go separate ways because we're both socialites. Right. And that's like the first time I've ever been with somebody (laughs) where we're both the talkers. (laughs) So we just kind of go and it's great. That's so awesome. 
So we're coming to the end of this mm-hmm. little interview because, boy, we can chat. We've covered some ground. But I wanted to finish on – well, there's a couple questions at the end here. But okay. I wanted to talk a little bit about what happened on the internet. So we know that your account – you know, we talked right a little bit at the beginning. So <laughs> there was a little bit of deleted – deletion. What's the word? It was, it was chaos. All of a sudden, your account disappeared. And it was pure chaos. And your people, your audience really rallied together. Yeah. You started a new account because you were like, what's happening? Instagram, we're not going to throw it under the bus. But I'm seeing things on Twitter where people – this is happening. This is people's yeah. accounts are getting hacked. I They're know. getting – deleted and nobody knows how to get them back. And so somehow by some miracle of life, you know, with people in good places, your account was able to get switched around. But when we were talking after that all happened, you know, you had mentioned to me that you sort of say you're like this phoenix, right? You know, and you have, you feel that. So, you know, is there something that you realized was important once this Instagram account was lost that you learned? Like, give me I think my biggest thing is I, and my initial shock was, oh crap, there goes the followers. And the other thing was that was five years of work that's gone. And so there was, there's these layers of, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. And then I just started to mourn every word I ever wrote and the fact that I couldn't find them again. That was, I think probably the most heartbreaking was that even the posts I had written the day before, I was like, no, 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 no. Like I read, sometimes this sounds so silly, but sometimes I read them back because I just like love to be reminded. It was like everything was deleted and I was shocked at that. And so when it did come back and which was definitely a shock, I was told it was never going to happen. And I knew from having some chats with the support at Facebook that there was probably 48 hours. It came back at hour 45. So I was very aware that this was a huge, massive stroke of good luck and good people behind me. Um, That said, I'm coming back. I kind of had this renewed energy of what I'm doing is important and what I'm doing matters. And I better be serious. Like I, I, and not in a bad way, in a really, really good way. So the very, I had my first post of like, yeah, I'm back. And then my one after that, I was like, you know what, screw it. We're doing this. We're doing the one thing that I've like really hidden. And that's like my stomach in the most real sense. I've showed my stretch marks. We've talked about them before. It's been shown on other things, but not like, let's pull that skin together and show what a real body after weight loss, after all of these things and be okay with it. So Mm -hmm. I actually, could you be more vulnerable? I don't I think so. I yeah. don't, for me, that was as big as it got. Oh, absolutely. And so I handed my daughter a camera and I said, I want to do something. I want to show love on my stomach. And she was like, mom, you got to hold your hands like this. And she taught me how to, was it this? The heart. Yeah. yeah. You got to hold your hands like this and I'm going to take the picture. So I did it and I held my hand like this and I took the picture and I already had, like I had talked about before, I'd already kind of written it in my head. I knew what I was going to say. I knew what I had to say. And I, and I put it out there. And I think that that post out of everything that I've written in all the years I've written, it was probably the one that I was like, that was the most vulnerable I've ever done. And my words were everything I meant them to be. My own, you know, self magazine actually came to me that I, I was actually published in a bunch of different online magazines like today, which was really, really uh, cool. Very exciting came, like, day. Very yeah. crazy. And it all kind of came from that one post. And that's not to say like when you put yourself out there for that, good things come. It was just that it really did connect. 
but you know, self magazine, they said to me, can we, can we credit the photographer? And I was like, it was my 10 year old daughter. And like, how cool that like, she stood there like, yes, this looks good. Let's oh, take absolutely. a picture. She wasn't like, ew, mom. She was like, yes. Like yeah. my kids think my son is the coolest thing ever. I bet my son is always like, your skin is so much fun. And I was like, stop doing that. But <laughs> they think it's so cool. And so it's just this moment where I was able to kind of put it out there and it was very, very vulnerable. And, and it did feel like a little bit of that, of that Phoenix rising. Like if I'm going to come back, this isn't just like a Mickey Mouse game anymore. What I'm doing is, is valuable and important. And my words, uh, for the first time, I think I considered myself a writer. I've been writing for how long I write during the day, but it was never anything I was like, Put out there and that was like the first time I was like no like they this I'm a writer like, absolutely this is, this is huge and so very I think a proud a proud thing coming out of it was that a lot of people that came about finding me from my account dying came back and so I actually grew and that's why a lot of people actually thought it was a publicity oh my stunt God. when I heard that I was like stop <laughs> nobody would do that eye roll. I know. like the amount of tears you cried I know which I'm a little embarrassed about now because now it's okay but at the time it was no not. anybody would have yeah. reacted in the same way totally it was, it was crazy but yeah it's it's been it's given me a renewed strength I think for this because I think it, I had also hit the point where I was kind of going full steam ahead on working a full-time job and doing mm-hmm. Instagram on the side. And there's a lot of exhaustion in some days where you're just like, no. I, and I think it kind of was like, yes, no, this is, this is good. What you're doing is worth it. And it kind of gave me that renewed sense of energy to everything that I've been doing. So. I know. I have a secret mission to like get you full-time in this space. I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, we need to go for lunch. Um, it'll come, guys. It'll come. Um, so I'm going to end with a couple of questions. Okay. Um, the first, so we, we've heard from Chelsea already, but Alyssa, who actually has, or is it Alicia? Did I write it wrong? Anyhow. Oddly enough, your aunt went through her chocolate school. Oh my so, gosh. Small world. Yes. She's lovely. And she says, How did you push through the plateaus that come up with weight loss when your goal can still seem so far away? She has about 40 or 50 pounds to lose. Okay. Um, for me, that, that's kind of funny because I didn't actually know that I could lose weight beyond like 30 pounds because I never had before. Right. So I never actually set a goal. I just. And I remember one time I heard Heidi Powell on one of those extreme makeover shows who I ended up connecting and being friends with afterwards, but she had said something as when your body gets closer to its resting place where it wants to live and be, the slower it goes. So I lost a substantial amount of weight in a very shorter period of time. And then it was another two years before the rest of it did. And I didn't know at the time that that was like a plateau because I never knew where my body was resting. I never, in my head, as long as I was within a healthy range, I was happy. But because I continued on with the lifestyle, my body continued to lose weight. And then with the divorce, which a lot of, this is during a time where I went too thin, the stress of it took me a lot lower and I had to regain. So there's been a lot of like, I've seen some of those photos and it's yeah, shocking it's, actually. Yeah. And you're at like, the time wow. I had no idea. Isn't that funny? Like mm. body dysmorphia is such a thing, but yeah. That, so when it comes to those plateaus, I think the bigger message is just keep doing what you're doing. Treat your body the way it should be treated you know, if you're, if you're concerned about it, look into it a little bit more, maybe reevaluate what's going on. If you're feeling certain things, or if you want to change up your eating, just paying attention, I think to our bodies is the biggest thing and listening to them. I think that we don't give our bodies enough credit. And I think we think that we always, we, we look at one person who's lost weight and we want to paste what they did and copy paste it onto ourselves and our own story yet, but we're entirely different makeups of humans and hormones and all these different things. So uh, plateaus happen. 
but the bigger picture is just to find your own resting weight and find where your body is going to live and stay and be okay Such with that. Such good advice because it's true when you are comparing yourself to different heights, different yeah. genetics, different backgrounds, like we are built so different. Um, and and I think too committing to what you've sort of said throughout is like, it's not just a fad for you. Like you've changed your life yeah. and to find a new healthy relationship with how you lead your day to day. And maybe it takes a little longer for you to get where you're going, but like yeah. you're going to get there in the long yeah. run. Um, but that's a good one. Uh, let's see. Monica was wondering kind of back to the blended family life, like mm-hmm. in general, she was asking about it, but what do you find is working and has been easy? And I know we talked a little bit about this and maybe what did you have to work at a little bit? I think the biggest thing having to like has been easy has been the social stuff. I've loved being with somebody who loves to go out and loves to do activities. That was always kind of something I never really got to do before. Not in a bad way. We just weren't a family that had a lot. And so in the past, we only had one car and there was just not the money to do those types of things. And I think that it's been nice to have somebody who is so excited. Like Shane's the most ridiculously excited person about Christmas and like doing things with kids. I remember, you know, even when we were first dating and it was the kid's last day of school and he was just like all about how can we make this like the best day for them? He was just so in it. And so that was really cool. Um, that That's the part that works is, is being with somebody who really enjoys the social part of being a parent. And then the other side, I would say the harder one is just getting to know, I think learning to co-parent a little bit mm. in the sense of he is somebody of authority. I'm somebody of authority. Sometimes we differ on that. Kids are messy. He hasn't lived with kids before. <laughs> that is new and different. And we're kind of not even there yet. It, but even just because we spend so much time together, I mean, kids leave dishes like everywhere. Oh, yeah. I found a dried up apple one time in both drawer. <laughs> I don't know how many years ago that was there. Like there, there's just weird things that kids do. And, and because you grow with them, oh you're just gosh. like, oh, it's whatever. I'm like, oh, that's just that's just bow. He's probably making potpourri. I don't know. <laughs> but like for him, he's like, what the heck? You can't let him do that. And I'm just like, well, why? Yeah, <laughs> like, there's an apple. It's like, but it was a new introducing a new voice and Absolutely. opinion into parenting. Um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him, but there were some moments where I kind of had that knee jerk reaction of, ah, oh, they're my kids. I get to do what mm. I want. I have a stepdad and I, they were married when I was 10 and I remember it being like, we've spoken now being grown up and I'm like, not sure that we, we did that all that well like back then. And now there's so much more information and resources. So like praise hands to all those people talking about co-parenting and blended families because it's such a great resource when you're in those moments and you're like, hold on, I've been parenting and doing this solo for this long and it works. Like, yeah. How do I not bring this person in? Like, you know, and it's, it's part of the relationship. So it is. Yeah. It it does become a lot of your conversations in your relationship. And I think it made us a lot more serious and intentional in our relationship right from the beginning. You can't mess around. Totally. (laughs) And I think what we'll do is we'll end on one last thing Mm. is, you know, if there were any words of wisdom that you would want to pass on to someone who maybe was you 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. what would you say? I would say to just not overcomplicate things. Just, just try. And I would start at the self-care find, just pay attention. That's one of my biggest pieces of advice. Just start paying attention to what it is that you love. What, what drives you when there's always those moments. And I don't think we always pay attention to them. You know, for me, it used to be like that moment you were leaving a salon or I loved when I was pregnant, I loved all of these little things. Or like when somebody took a picture of me that I really loved, it, it drove me to, I think a different, um, 
perspective of myself and just like that, those little, those little things that actually drove me to feel confident. And so, you know, if I could go back even to myself 10 years ago, I would just, just pay attention, just get to know you, stop getting so lost in everything else and stop overcomplicating everything. You don't have to have everything figured out. You can go day by day with things and it's okay to forgive yourself for doing something crappy yesterday and picking up where you left off today. Like it's, it's so much less complicated than we make it. And I think a lot of the roadblocks are just simply in our minds and we have created them, we have built them and we are the ones that can take them down. Yeah. So good. <laughs> this was so great. I know. Thank I feel like so we went much. on forever. I don't know how long your normal podcasts are. But... Oh, no, this is good. For the special people, we go longer. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this today. Thank you. For it's everyone amazing. listening, by the way, you can find Sarah on Instagram at the birds papaya. Now, you did tell me you blogged a little bit. Yes, I do did. Do we want to direct people that way or do we want to just stick with I don't them? even have. I. Ha- it's funny. I actually had thebirdspapaya.com years ago and somebody, I didn't renew the domain in time. If you've ever been a blogger, don't ever forget that renewal because I'll never get it back. It's like six <sighs> grand for me to buy it back or something silly. So I do have one called birdspapaya.com, but it's it's being... It just is pretty much a landing. It's gonna be page part of my my plan B when I when I, I know. go full time. <laughs> One of these days, my Instagram captions will go longer, and they'll actually be a blog post with them. But yeah. can I be honest? I I've never been a consumer of blogs. It's just not my bag. No, I don't I, do it a lot either. I love like I'll read the occasional one because there's a few people I love and adore who blog. But I love the just the the quickness of Instagram. Yeah, I love, me too. but yet your posts are long, and I'm Mine like, are long. and and I like that works for me. I love the Insta stories. I love the video, and you yeah. will love Sarah's Instagram. So go check it out. Go support it. <laughs> um, as always, thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you could rate this podcast. So head over to iTunes, check it out on the app, leave me a rating. Let me know that you love it. I get a lot of questions about things I share on Instagram. Things like my blue blocking glasses I wear when I'm playing on my phone into the evening, or books that I'm using to help educate my kids about their bodies and have the talk. Either way, all of these things are very easy to find on my Amazon shop. If you head to amazon.com forward slash shop forward slash Amanda Muse, you will see all my top picks. Everything I use from my day-to-day life will be there. And also, by starting your Amazon purchases in my shop, you help support the show. So head to amazon.com forward slash shop forward slash Amanda Muse. Link in show notes.